Yo, and we are live here at Lucky 13 Podcast, and we got Jamal here. What's up? We got D, who's not on, is D on the mic over here? Yeah, I'm on the mic. And we got D over here, and we got a very special, really close friend of mine, Jeff Golden. Uh, what's up, Jeff? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Uh, good to see you, brother. It's been a fucking while. Yeah, you too. Yeah, what, like a month? Yeah. Month and a half? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm down in fucking Florida all the time, and uh, uh, every time I go down there, I hang out with Jeff. Um, but uh, uh, Jeff is, has a fucking laundry list of bands he's been in. I met him a million years ago, back when he played with fucking My Uncle the Wolf. Um, I don't even know what fucking year. What year was Michael the Wolf? That was... Uh I joined in 2007, and we did the ministry tour in 2008. Nice, nice. So it was uh, the original Luckies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was that fucking long ago. Crazy. And so you went from My Uncle to Wolf, right? Yep. And then um, would you, and then after that, you played with fucking guys like Six Feet Under, Goat Whore. Well, I went to, uh, I filled in for That Will Be Done, and that's the same tour I filled in for Goat Whore with. And then after that one was Six Feet Under. Um. Tried out for Soulfly for they took me on tour for ten days. That was pretty fun, and then I joined Crowbar after that. Nice. After Crowbar was Lord Dying, and then still six feet under from about 2011 on and off. The last tour I did was 2019 in uh, Europe with Six Feet. Nice, nice. Yeah, you fucking uh, where the hell did you go? You went to Colombia or some shit, right? Went to Colombia for uh, that was doing like stage managing, um, Colombia, and then the following year went to Mexico. And then two days later, I filled in on base in Europe. Did you Did you eat the cooey cooey? I don't know what I had, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, they eat they eat the uh, the hamsters down there. I don't think it was that. It was more like seafood. Okay. Yeah, they eat fucking. Uh, uh, well, that's um, Peru. No, they eat. No, that's that, that's all of South America. Eat yeah. Guinea pigs in yeah. Peru. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, Jeff, man, you're down in fucking Florida now. I'm dying yeah. to be down there with you, man. I'm yeah. fucking, uh, you know, I, whatever. Like, And it's kind of weird that Jeff ended up in fucking Tampa, which we've been trying to freaking move to. Um, and we've been, I don't know, man, I'm, we've been fucking trying. And, like, I, I, I mean, and Jeff, dude, you've had a fucking rough, like, fucking year and a half. I've had a rough about... Seven years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I guess, I guess. But dude, but the last, dope, but you persevered. Like the last year was like fucking really bad, and like to go from, you know, homeless. Yeah, to being homeless to now fucking living in a house and like doing your shit, man. Like yeah. fucking many props to you because like really, Thanks. dude, you've been uh, you've been through the fucking shit. And I feel yeah, like it's been a it's been a weird ride. Yeah, and like going from, listen, the whole fucking crowbar bullshit, and then I know you went through a divorce the same time I was going through a fucking divorce. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not fun. <laughs> but you're killing it. I, I was okay going through mine. That's when I was coming up to New York to hang out. I was, I, that didn't really, you know, it, it was what it was. It was over in school. Yeah. I still talk to Grace, my stepdaughter in uh, England. She calls me every day still about 12 o'clock, 1230. But. Nice. Yeah. Dude, fucking um, what? Gilbert Godfrey's dead? No shit. Yeah, I just saw that. Wow. No shit. Wow, I fucking love Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> uh, that's a fucking shame. I sent a friend of mine a cameo with Gilbert Godfrey, and he got mad at me. <laughs> it says he had a long illness. No shit. Yeah. Wow, he's played across the street. A fucking uh, he's done some shit across the street. That's a bummer. 
Crazy. But yeah, if you're fucking, um, whatever, man, you're fucking, uh, but so you went from like, what's that? I'm still here. Yeah, you are still fucking here, man. <laughs> and you like, you went from like, really fucking being homeless, living on dudes' couches and shit like that to yeah, now Airbnbs fucking, and weird hotels and shady parts of Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking doing the whole New Orleans experience too. It was fucking wild. Yeah. Yep. Uh, New Orleans for me, New Orleans is fun, but it's fun to leave too. But yeah. when I was there for like, permanently full-time it, it uh get a little old yeah i mean listen new orleans is a fucking i love new orleans it's a great fucking town but like to live there man has got to be a little it fucking takes, it takes its toll me and katie stopped by from from el paso on the drive to tampa we stayed there for uh a night two days one yeah. night uh hung met up with lou hung out there got some food and head to florida nice yeah, did you, was it cool going back there for a minute? Yeah, it's great going back there. We're just trying to plan another trip there. We're just like a weekend, maybe a long weekend, a day, whatever. We were there. Nice. For a good day and a half. Yeah, I'm fucking down. I got to get back down to fucking New Orleans. We got to plan a fucking New Orleans trip because I'm totally down to go too. I used to go to New Orleans every year. I've been there five times. Yeah, I fucking love it. But living there, though, dude, like, you know the fucking drinking and the fucking the food and all that shit. It's it can't be fucking easy. The box. No, I gained forty pounds when I first moved there just from eating. Of course, yeah. the, the fucking bread and the fried foods and the fucking yep. drink. I'm sure you're drinking every fucking night. Yeah, we used to live next to the uh, the local bar that all the Metairie right outside New Orleans, like all the crowbar people would hang out there, and then the, that metal crowd. So it was like right next door. You walk through a little hole in the fence, and we were there. Nice. So that was a the local hangout. Nice. Jeff, you're originally from fuck Connecticut, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it went from Connecticut to. Did you go for, right from Connecticut to New? You, I mean, you were kind of out of like you were in and out of New York a lot. You did. Yeah, I was staying like in New Haven, so I just jump on the train and then stay at Zach's house from Alpha the Wolf. Um, probably about almost two years. But I would stay in New York a lot, maybe like five, sometimes six nights out of the week. Go back to Connecticut for a day and then come back. Nice, yeah. That's why. That's why. That's how we got to know each other, drinking a lot and yeah. fucking lucky thirteen. <laughs> I remember you brought Jimmy Bauer in the bar one night. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, he uh, tried to light one of my dreads on fire outside. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work because it was raining though. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I see him sometimes. He just played uh, with I. He got the brass mug. I didn't. I couldn't make that one, but it's all one. Said it was a great show. Ah, uh, nice. Uh, what well, you recorded with him too, didn't you? Didn't you record an album with him? With Jimmy Bauer? Yeah. He was doing the. Uh, he produced the first Monocle the Wolf album, and he was playing bass. And then when I went down there, they were um, they were mixing it, I think, or mastering it. All right. So he was a big part of it. He's a big part of the reason why I was able to tour. I think because his name was attached to that, so it got more notice with that but i never i never actually recorded with them but i was at the studio during the the end of the first album nice and then from so what when that was over then you went to that will be done right how'd that happen yeah um jay from that will be done called me up uh it was like probably november 2009 asked me if i was available to fill in on a 2010 tour it was an eight-week tour with uh devil driver suffocation and gohor so I learned that set. They picked me up from Rhode Island. Our first show was somewhere on L.A. We were supposed to go to Dez from Devil Driver's house. 
to practice because at that point I only tried out for him. We never had a full practice. We never had any kind of practice. Yeah. Uh, our van broke down 64 hours in Missouri. Missouri. Fuck. It was like it was like negative eight degrees out. Awesome. What the fuck did so, you do for that many hours? Uh, we got a hotel, which is the only hotel we got that tour, and then we hung out in the truck shop where they were fixing it. <laughs> uh, it was it was a long sixty four hours. Yeah, it sounds but like a fucking. It was a fun tour though. It was definitely an experience. Nice. And then you, how long? So you only did how long did you do with them? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. That's cool. And that's uh that's when Gohor James was he couldn't do the last week of the tour. He was finishing his master's degree. So he asked me if I could fill in. So I learned their set and did, I think it was either five or six shows, but it ended up being four or five because our van broke down again. So they had to play Austin as a three piece with, I think Sammy ran his guitar through a bass cab too. So it sounded a little heavier. Yeah. And then I met back up with them in New Mexico. Damn. Yeah. Dude, though, you've been pretty much fucking like, you know, living all around then for the past fucking... Oh my God, so that was like 2009 when that started? Like, that will be done yeah. was it 2009? Yeah. yeah, 2008 was a ministry tour with My Uncle the Wolf. Um, after that, I had to, you know, do the normal pizza-making job in Connecticut and went back to school. It took me six years to get a two-year degree because of all the touring. Yeah. Every you- time I said I was going to finish school, I'd get a tour off for us. Our school can wait till later. What was fucking touring with ministry like, though? That had been pretty fucking awesome. It was awesome, yeah. It was still probably one of my favorite if not the favorite tour that i've done so far i'm sure hanging with al jorgensen's a fucking party yeah yeah we spend uh day off on i think uh one of the beaches in france in the mediterranean sea that was that was a fun day off the first time i met al was probably three days into it we were coming down the alps and our tires caught on fire the, the brakes started smoking so we had to bring it to the mechanic shop down the street from the club which was maybe about a block away but it's an industrial area so it wasn't too bad and we started seeing like bread flying across the parking lot mm-hmm. and we it's al feeding the birds and he's like hey i heard you guys uh heard your van caught on fire like yeah he goes that's dumb want to come inside the bus for a beer sure and he was just <laughs> we just kind of clicked he said it reminded him of when he first started all the issues that can happen to like the the start off bands or even more experienced bands too fucking jeff man dude i love you man and like i would me and jeff talk business shit all the time too like jeff wants to do like some pizza stuff whatever man me and jeff talk about business all the time and i would love to do something with jeff at some point but motherfucker your tie is always catching on fire (laughs) (laughs) i'm like shit dude he's such a nice dude and you get some fucking luck man sometimes i'm telling you yeah fucking shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been uh, it's been better since the last year or so. Good man, you got a fucking good girl in your life too. Now you got Katie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katie, Katie McCrimmon. She plays keyboards for Convalescence, but we're also doing a project with Azal from Crisis. Yeah, and Fred from Crisis. So, and then we have our own thing on the side. So if we're not exhausted from working, because she's a, a wound care nurse, so she works long hours, and I'm a home inspector. So sometimes I'm doing 40, 50, 60 hours a week, but we try to make couple nights out of the week just to work on music last night we were up at his all's house eating dinner with his family and then started playing about 10 30 we didn't get home to about one which doesn't sound too late especially for like you guys but for us it's like we got to get up in four hours and go back to work yeah yeah, yeah. you got early you got earlier mornings than fucking than I yeah yeah it's not but dude it's cool though you got a fucking studio in your house now so you've been able to yeah. 
Yeah, we're building it up little by little. We're actually getting, we're selling the futon because I just bought that uh, A10 cab. Nice. So we need more room for gear. So we're getting the furniture out to bring the gear in. <laughs> that's the fucking best. That's why I want to move to Florida too because I want to be able to have a fucking studio in my fucking one of the bedrooms. Yeah. No, no kids, just fucking music equipment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So you playing with uh, you playing with Absal right now? Yeah, Masters Ashes, right? Yeah, we're doing uh, another show on the thirtieth with Abysmal Lord, which is some of the guys from Caveman Cult from the show that you saw. So we're playing with them. Uh, band Funeral Solution. They were the second band on that night that you guys were down watching the show. And that's in um, about two weeks or so. Yeah. Three weeks. And then a couple weeks after that. Norman from Swans is coming down to do like an ambient, ambient like atmospheric um, set, and we're going to be doing that as well. It's going to be me as all Katie and our friend Oliver that you met. It's just going to be kind of like improvised, but we're going to work on a, a little thing to start it off and then just see how it goes for about 20, 30 minutes or so. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah, I saw them last time I was down in uh, Tampa. So, guy Absal, the guitar player from Crisis, has. Um, has a bar down there, which is uh, Born Free Pub. And it's a cool little fucking biker bar, but it's cool. He started doing live music in there and shit now. And I uh, got to see He's Jeff. actually a big reason I was able to get to the point I'm at now because met him when I was bouncing from Airbnbs and shady hotels. And then he invited me to live with him and his family for a couple months. And that's when I was able to buy the house and get the job situation going and be able to get the mortgage. Yeah, because you dealt with that bullshit from Crowbar. I don't know how much you want to get into it. You're always very respectful of all that kind of bullshit. But I know <laughs> you you were in Crowbar from, what, 2013 to 16? Two, yeah, 2013. End of 2013, I tried out. I think it was sep- end of September. And then when uh, I got fired by text message in oh. 2016. Amazing. June, after Amazing. we did a tour with uh, Trouble. And, Joe, that fucking sucks because I love Crowbar. And, like, but it, like... You know, now it's a fucking and I but I love Jeff more than I love fucking crowbar. So it's like, you know, and like somebody was like, "Oh, bro, you gotta hear the new crowbar." I'm like, "Fuck you," you know what I mean? Like fucking dick. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, it's a shame, man. But dude, that must have been great at first. Anyways, getting in crowbar. I oh, mean, first, yeah, they were my favorite band, and until uh, I until I joined them, but it was still, it was cool to be able to be a part of that scene because that was a scene that was my favorite scene ever since high school. Crowbar was my favorite band since I was 16. Um, I saw a Facebook post saying Pat quit, Pat Bruders, and they were looking for a bass player. So I sent them all my stuff, and Kirk and his wife called me, and we arranged me to come up to New Orleans. Went up for a tryout, and I stayed there for about three months, came home. I drove back to do a tour managed six feet under, but that tour got canceled. I think it was because of that hurricane that came through yeah. uh, the Northeast. So I ended up driving back to um, New Orleans for moving there. And, and like, I mean, you uprooted your whole... Where were you before that? Because you were with... Um, I was down in Fort Myers. Okay. Yeah. And you had a house down there at that time, right? No, I was living with my dad. I bought the house after the whole crowbar thing ended. That's when we moved back out of New Orleans, back to Florida, bought the house. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sold the house and moved back to New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're back, <laughs> back and forth for a minute. Yeah. So, uh, so when you first got in Crowbar, though, man, it was pretty must have been pretty awesome. Do you play a lot of festivals and shit like that? Uh, the first one was just a small like um, Gulf Coast kind of tour up to Oklahoma, crushing the South. It was called. 
second tour is when we went to England, and then that summer of 2014, that's when uh, Sweden Rock, Bloodstock, that's when we did the Bo's Uncle's Limp Biscuit show that was about 85,000 people on the Formula oh, One racetrack. Shit. I, got, I got a question about that. I, I know it never really seems like it when you're, like, doing it and you're living it, but, like, how surreal is it uh, this is my favorite band when I'm in high school? I joined this band. I'm going all over the place. Like, yeah, it was, like, some of it seemed natural, and then some of it's exactly like that, that you have to step back. That happened when I was filling in for Goat Whore because I was playing on stage, and I look over when Ben introduced me to the crowd, and then Sammy was clapping. And Acid Bath was one of my favorite bands in high school, too. And then all of a sudden, I was playing the Acid Bath songs in my mom's basement in high school. And then however many years later, I'm standing on stage with the guy that wrote the songs. Same thing with Six Feet Under, too. So it's uh, I've done some pretty cool stuff with that like posters on the wall of people that i grew up listening to i ended up joining the band so yeah it's, it is surreal at times it definitely sounds like the dream if you ask me yeah it was it, it was it was uh definitely something that i want to keep doing the way the crowbar situation was handled was really poorly and that kind of put a um hiatus i guess on my end so but you get it you're getting back to it though, man. Like you're, you know. Yeah, it's it's slowly coming back. And then like, um, I did that tour with Six Feet Under with where well, that's where I met Katie overseas. But then a couple months later, the shutdown happened, so that didn't do anybody any favor. So right when the ball started rolling again, it just kind of stopped and went backwards because the world changed. Yeah, but a lot of things could come out of that, and a lot of things have. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you catch yourself listening to nowadays, but if you ask me one of the best albums that came out of that whole thing, if you if you listen to Cattle Decapitation, Death Atlas came out in the middle of the pandemic, and it's one of the best albums I've ever heard. Nice. Yeah. So relatable, so pinpoint. Like, you got to listen to it if you haven't heard it. It was, it was crazy during COVID, though. Like, I don't know, man. Like, just, you know, playing music myself and all that kind of shit. It was, a, it was fucking hard to get inspired. Like, yeah. was, you know, some, listen, some people did it, man. Some people fucking wrote books. Some people, you know, wrote a million songs. I couldn't do shit. You know what I mean? It was the opposite for me, man. Yeah. I started playing, like, I started playing guitar every single day. Nice. Every single day. And I had the time to do it the way I used to do it in high school. Eight hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird, though. Like, I mean, Jeff, especially you, like, you know, you made a living off, you know, playing music and shit like that. When the- yeah, and that's, that's tough to adjust back to uh, normal full-time like nine to five or sometimes it was like nine to nine at night last summer yeah so trying to make more time to play music and then it's just a matter of time after that what's good though i guess when you know when everything shut down though you know listen you put yourself he was living on somebody's couch put him through for fucking school and then has a house within one year you know what i mean like it's like <laughs> yeah. fucking it's like the ultimate like turnaround you know like, he's the yeah. he's the motivator bro yeah dude like for real man I'm, I'm happy for you like it was like really like to go from you know having fucking hard times to to like you know putting them through school and literally owning a fucking house a year later it's like fucking amen yeah this this is like one of the few times that i've actually made a good investment because i'm just watching the uh the market the value go up so oh fuck yeah dude yeah, bought at the right time florida real estate's fucking perfect yeah. yeah, that's yeah. I did. I activated my real estate license too soon, or a couple weeks ago. So hopefully soon I'll start get that ball rolling and so if you start need, that chapter if too. You, need Fuck, a, dude, if, you if, don't you don't even need rock and roll, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like yep. the rock and realtor. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you need some rock and realtor. Yeah, Winter cards. <laughs> yeah, but fucking, but to go like whatever, man. You, you know, you, it's it's pretty fucking awesome what you've done. But it's also too like, it's good, man. Listen, everything happens for a reason, and and uh, you know, it, 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 this way you didn't have to focus on music at that time because you couldn't because there was nothing you could fucking do with it. Anyways, yeah, you know? I I still work that whole. There was not one part of the um, the shutdown that I was out of work except for when I went from. Uh, Tampa when I left Riverview to my mom's house and then up to Tennessee, but I was still working throughout the summer. Yeah. So I, I was like pretty, pretty busy at that time. And same thing. It's like at that time, a lot of motivation wasn't there to pick up a guitar and write. Yeah. And, and especially going through that kind of bullshit. It's not fucking yeah. easy also. Yeah. There's some days I didn't want to pick up. Some days I didn't pick up the guitar for months, but now it's, it's, it's coming back and, and playing with uh, Katie, Fred and is all is definitely, it's it's uh a lot better it's like last night azal and fred wrote a song last week when fred was down because he lives in upstate new york last night azal showed us a song and i kind of added my style of playing and a couple extra notes and azal got really excited and he was just like super excited about having me add my parts instead of bands like like crowbar for instance i had to learn somebody else's style and my input really wasn't there at all so yeah. i was pretty much like a hired gun at the point yeah and I, i'm sure they're stuck in their ways too i'm sure kirk's been doing it for a fucking long time and 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 yeah uh, you know well there there's one song i recorded one song on um symmetry and white i was did bass on one song but i actually wrote a riff that got changed one note got changed and then it was somebody else's riff so uh, even when i had the input it was dude, that's it some was, fucking bullshit dude yeah. uh, there's a lot of bullshit that came with that that whole situation a lot of a lot of good stuff but a lot of uh a lot of bullshit yeah what was the first time i fucking walked when you walked out on stage with fucking eighty five thousand people that's one of the few times that i just walked around the corner and i said wow it's a lot of people out there. <laughs> but I know they were there for this band, Bo's Uncles. That's like a, a German band that hasn't played, I think, in nine years. Yeah. And it was only, the first night was, I think, Soulfly, Limp Bizkit, Bo's Uncles. The next night was Crowbar, Limp Bizkit, Bo's Uncles. So I knew they weren't there just to, to see us. And so what I did was just focus on the little pits all around, the people that were into it. Right. Some people were bo- looked like they were bored out of their mind because they only wanted to see the headlining band. It was big band in germany or german-speaking countries like austria um outside of that not many people know who the band is but to have it was the biggest stage in europe at the time most expensive stage and the biggest one that was ever built damn wow that's fucking that's pretty awesome i would have froze yeah. i would have probably froze or shit my <laughs> pants one of the fucking two <laughs> i imagine that many people don't really look like people they probably look like the stickers on his wall I guess yeah, it starts turning into like a little like a blur. We'll yeah. see. I guess, but that stage has got to be fucking huge too. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Can you like you know? I've listen. I've only had the fortunate enough to play on like a big stage twice, um, and the sound is completely different. Like playing small clubs, you can hear everything and shit like that. But like on a yeah. fucking giant stage like that, it's got to be here hard to fucking hear everybody. Correct? Um, it wasn't too bad. It was. Uh, it's not as easy. Yeah, you can still hear because your monitors are pretty clear. Yeah. But that that I could say club, but it was a racetrack. It had delay towers halfway through, so when the kick drum hit, 
it took a couple seconds for it to fire off in the distance so the people in the back can hear it in real time. Oh, shit. They could watch the show, not not like any delays. Right. So it was, it was interesting. Yeah, that's fucking wild. Fucking crazy. That's fucking- Yeah, we did that. We did Hellfest the next day, and then the following year was um, Brutal Assault and um, a couple smaller ones. Eperfest, I think, like a vegan fest out there. Um, I don't even remember half the ones we've done. There's a lot of the smaller ones, but they were fun. The nice. tour, the shows were always fun with, with them. I can't say it wasn't. It was some stuff that happened after the shows or even before on the way there was got a little old to hear someone fighting with their wife after after the shows every night. So yeah, I would in the US I would sit in the front seat of the cab of the bandwagon with our driver Jacob just because me and him were friends already before. He was friends with Kevin Talley, who I used to work with in Six Feet Under and after to tour with him a lot of times. I think he was in suffocation when we ran into each other at Brutal Assault. So there was parts where I had to just find my own fun on tour. And you're still friends with the drummer. Is it the drummer you're still friends with? In Crowbar? Yeah. I'm not none of them. None of them anymore? None of them. That was such a... Um, the way they got rid of me was... Kirk called me up, and he said the drummer didn't like me at all. And I thought that was kind of weird, because that tour, we sat down and ate breakfast together all the time. And then he kept talking all this weird stuff. I'm pretty sure there was some Coors Light involved in that in that conversation. Huh. And he said, listen, if you can uh, figure it out with Tommy, then uh, we can work it out. It took me five minutes from, I was at Kmart. Went from Kmart to my house, I got a text message and it just said capital letters, you are fired. He, he didn't want to fire me over the phone, he fired me over a text message. Yeah, because you, yeah, you had spoke to him on the phone right before yeah. that, right? Yep. The tour, um, the tour was fine. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming for uh, probably about a year, but they kept saying, no, no, it's not coming. It's, you know... We'd never, we wouldn't do that to you. And it turns out they had it planned in January because uh, the, the guy who took my spot, the original bass player, he let it slip in an interview that Kirk asked him to replace me in January. And then February is when I you know did that whole wedding thing. Yeah. And uh, Kirk stood in the wedding and said you know how meaningful it was for me to be in the band. But the month before, he already had me fired. Oh. So... You know, a couple months come come and go. I heard someone in the French Quarter said they told someone else I know on Facebook that hey, Jeff's getting fired from uh, Crowbar, and he was like, "Well, he messaged me, and I was like, we talking about." I asked him again, "No, it's not happening." After that trouble tour in June, that's when they let me go, which is uh, it was just like very poor, poorly handled. It did happens. You're not, you know, bands don't work out all the time but every band i've been in i've, I've kept in touch with at least one person yeah. from that band well listen uh, I've, i mean i've seen how you are with fucking uh i mean uh goat whore played at, at lucky 13 the one time and, and yeah. jeff was here for it and fucking like you got along great with those fucking dudes and yeah like, and i know you you're a good dude you know what i mean so it's not like i don't think you'd fucking have problems with people but listen yeah I, it's not it's not me like trying to talk shit either but it was no one really knows a lot of this story. Besides my close friends, they don't know this part of the story. Um, a lot of people came up to me and other bands that we've toured together that I was friends with, and they were saying certain people from that crowbar uh, camp were telling people not to work with me because I'm difficult to work with. So, in a way, it was like a lot of my connections were being told don't work with them. And of course, someone's going to listen to someone with a bigger name than you know a smaller person in the industry. 
That's fucked up, though. Why would he try and shit on you like that? I don't know. But it's just, I think, it, I don't know, maybe it was a a thing because they told me for so long that I wasn't getting fired and it was already planned that I was getting fired. And uh, the, the worst part is when I announced it on Facebook, I got a message from ministry's manager at the time saying that they were interested to have me fill in, but they didn't want to interfere with the uh, crowbar carcass tour that was booked for the tour the summer. Yeah. So that would have been, that would have been awesome. That was like a bucket list kind of thing to play, play with them. Have you ever seen him face to face after the firing ever? Um, or any of them? I have actually at a pizza restaurant, a family pizza restaurant in River Ridge, right outside New Orleans where he lived. He didn't see me, but I saw him, and I just kept my distance. He was also yelling carnival lyrics really loud at a family restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny to look back at now, but at the time, it was like, uh, I I get to the point where I just, like, kept my distance from everybody after I heard, like, people were talking. But then you got people in New Orleans seeing that kind of new, like, that wasn't true. Like, uh, go whore guys. I talk to them all the time. Well, when I see him, it's not I keep in touch every day. But if we see each other at a show, it's like no time passes hanging out. Yeah, and they, I mean, you know, I, listen, I've heard from other bands uh, who have been on tour with Crowbar before who says that fucking once Kirk gets wasted too, he's not fucking easy to deal with. They're like, you know, I've had friends say, like, you know, Kirk came on our tour bus and we were like, get the fuck, get, somebody get him off the fucking bus. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he gets fucking out of control. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm glad I did it, but I knew it wasn't gonna uh, be a long term thing. It's actually it went longer than I thought it would, as it was. And he would uh, tell people interviews from like a month or two after I joined the band. Basically, what he lacks in bass playing ability, he makes up for an attitude. And I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Oh, sounds like an angry ex girlfriend. Get yeah, for <laughs> real, right? <laughs> And again, that's not even me talking shit. There was interviews that had to be retracted because of stuff that was said before it got released. Wow. What is he? Yeah. He's a short dude. He's got that Napoleon complex or some shit? Or? <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. I don't know. Listen, from, you know, from what I've heard, not from Jeff, not spilling Jeff's shit. Like, I mean, like from other people who have kind of spent any time with him and stuff like that. He's just, you know... You know, he should, uh, he feels he should be bigger than they actually are. And listen, they laid a lot of groundwork for a lot of fucking bands. Uh, yeah. You know, um, like that, that, that New Orleans sludgy sound, Crowbar, I Hate God, you know, and he, and, you know, I, I, I feel like he's a bitter, he's getting older, he's bitter. You oh, he's, know he I mean? was in that, he was in, uh, what band was he in with, uh, with Phil? Was he in the down. band? He was in Down, yeah. He's back in Down. Come yeah. on, man. Down's pretty fucking. Down's like a, like maybe like a little little step lower than Pantera, you know? Yeah, I, I still listen to Down all the time. Yeah, Down's fucking great, man. And yeah. uh, whatever, man. And you know, it's crazy. He's just I, he's just fucking angry, you know. And yeah, I don't. I can't speak for him. Like, I if I ran into him, I wouldn't probably wouldn't even say much. But um, it would be cool if if he like acknowledged how much it impacted by telling people, I mean, I'm not cool. I, I mean, I don't care if you acknowledge it or not, but um, impacted my music career by telling people don't work with him. And meanwhile, I'm still getting calls with six feet under to be the guy fills in when Jeff Huell can't do the tours. They always call me first. Chris told me from the get go, since when I tried out, they already had uh, 
I think Matt from Chimera was already doing it, but at the time Chris had me come up and just fill in like practice because he lived uh, he lived in Tampa, I was in Fort Myers, and his nephew was filling in on drums just to rehearse with Chris and Steve, the guitar player. So I just went up with them and ended up being just like the practice kind of bass player. And Chris, you know, offered me the spot as crew, but he always had a spot for me on tour if there was one available or if they needed to fill in. I was always the one that they called. See, that's so. that's fucking cool too, man. Because you know, it, you know, it's funny though, man, Jeff, how you influence my fucking liking of people or not. Because like, you know, you, I mean, you hear shit in the news about like Chris Bonds runs his mouth a little bit too much and stuff, dude. But like, you know, I always like, you know, he's always been really good to you, man. Which makes me fucking yeah. like him because I'm. Like, I just texted him the other day. We we're just like out of nowhere. We we're sitting there. Um, I think it was like two Saturdays ago. Just sent a text over, see how he was doing, and just keep in touch as friends, not, not anything music wise. Cause it's, uh, I don't know if they have any plans, but I just keep in touch with most people that I've toured with. Is he still doing, is Chris Barnes still, is the six feet under still going? I imagine. I mean, I mean, I think so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, I haven't heard much. Uh, I know there's one page that people keep sharing and it's not even him. It's someone did a troll page and they're making like really weird statements. And that's not his Marco. The drummer called him out because the music news page shared it. And he just started laughing. He's like, you guys don't even do your research. This isn't even him. So uh, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't I don't know what the whole situation with that is, but I know I, I always enjoyed working with Six Feet Under. And every time I've been on tour with them, there's never been one issue, no drama, no egos, just people out there having fun. That's cool. I mean, even when I'm uh, messed up the hammer smash face bass solo, I said it's called the butchered at bass instead of <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually it was the first tour that uh, Katie's band was on too, the first show of that tour. And I decided I was going to try to play without a pick, and it did not go over well. <laughs> but then I figured out how to play that part without a pick, the bass fill, and then flip the pick back to finish the rest of the song. But and Chris even told me like he's like I don't worry about it. It's, it's really hard fill to to nail, especially if you're not used to playing that style. But the next night I got it, and about I'd say probably about six, six or seven times out of that tour I got it. A couple of times I was just like, uh, did not sound like it, but <laughs> but no one really, no one, no one was upset. No one really cared. They were just were out there to have fun. So you know, stuff happens like that. And, and I'm that not a technical bass player. That's the other thing with uh, when I joined Crowbar. First thing I said was I'm not a technical bass player. So if you need a technical bass player, I'm probably not the guy. And I put it like all out there, like Sludge Doom. I can do, I could do like uh, certain Cannibal Corpse songs, but it's not really my style of playing. Yeah. But dude, so. if you can play Hammer, if you can pull off Hammer Smash, Smash Face, even six fucking times, it's fucking impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, I would, that's when I was working at East Coast Pizza when I was uh, rehearsing for that tour. And I must have played that song about 20 times a day. Nice. Luckily, my, my roommates didn't care. They liked, you know, metal. They liked Cannibal. So they, they thought it was cool. But I, I sat and probably about five or six times before work and then way more after. That's fucking cool. But, but dude, come on, the first show, you fucked it up. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, especially yeah. the fucking first one. <laughs> 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 that's not fucking yeah. easy. But it was uh, it was still fun, though. Like, one, I, I you know hit it perfect. And even Chris walked over in the middle of, of the set, like fist bump, just it nailed it. And that was, that was, that was cool. That was another band, like, I kind of grew up listening. Like when Six Feet Under came out, I think it was like 16. Yeah. And my mom got me the CD for Christmas. So it's kind of cool, like going back to what you said about being surreal. 
end up working with these people, but becoming friends with them too at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty fucking wild. Yeah, especially Chris Barnes. You know what I mean? It's like that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's 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 always been fun working with them. Nice. And but- even like uh, the crowbar, most of the crowbar tours were fun. A lot of a lot of good shows. Met a lot of cool people over in the UK and um, well, US too, and all over Europe. Went to Moscow. How was that? I was fucking Moscow. That, that was crazy. Cool. That was like one of the few times we. Uh, well, for me, I'm like this must be what it feels like to be famous because we went from Moscow, took a train to St. Petersburg, and there were kids waiting at the train station at eight o'clock in the morning, following us to the hotel, following us to the restaurant. Do they do they try to like restrict you from going to certain places when you're in like Moscow or something like that? Um, we only went from the airport to the, I think to the hotel, to the club and then to the train station. So we really didn't have a lot of time to go see a lot of stuff. We had, um, our tour manager like showed us some of the sites and then we went all around just clubs and then dinner and then took the train to the next show. And then we flew from, I think we flew from Moscow to JFK and that was, that was a long flight. Yeah, that's pretty fucking wild. What time of year was it when you played in? Uh... That was February. Oh shit! Oh, no, that was that was March. The tour was February, most of the tour, but it ended there in March. But that was the same tour we went to Transylvania, um, the Bone Church, and that was February. You pl- wait, 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 so you played a Bone Church or the Bone? Or this no, no, we stopped by our tour manager. Um, I told him that I, I I always wanted to see it, and it was like a half hour detour out of the way. Same with Dracula's Castle. I was about. Two hours out of the way, but he made sure. Swing by, we're here. Why not? When's the next time we're going to go to Transylvania? Yeah, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty fucking cool. How were the crowds over there? How how big of a crowd did you play for over in Russia? Uh, It was about 500. Nice. Yeah. Just a bigger bigger venue, kind of like maybe like Irving Plaza size. Nice. Yeah, it was was cool. Uh, what's, uh, What's the fucking weirdest place you played? Weirdest place. Oh, we played at a little hamburger restaurant that was in Germany, about the size of my living room. Oh yeah, that was fun though. I I, I had fun playing those shows. That it's just it's like old hardcore scene, like Northeast yeah. hardcore, where everybody's just there. That's cool. Yeah. Like is that yeah. A, is that a, like a legit club or like just like you know, like? Or- yeah, they put on shows. They had like a little restaurant in the front, and in the back venue area was about probably about little less than half of the room you guys are in right now damn yeah with the stage that we couldn't fit on the stage so we the drums were on the stage we were on the floor but it was still fun that's cool that's wild they'll go from fucking eighty five thousand people and then you're playing fucking small hamburger rooms (laughs) and then that's uh when i did the soul fly tryout it was my mom dropped me off on the tour bus at that one actually because we were in i was in charleston see my mom for christmas and they were playing Charleston, so instead of Florida, I asked them if I could just jump on there. And they said, yeah, the club in Charleston got shut down, so they, I guess the promoter scrambled, and it was at a little pool hall. And we built a barricade with the flight cases, and the first time I met Max, I was on the bus, and he asked, how is it in there? I told him, like, how small it is with the barricades, and he said, awesome, those are the most fun shows sometimes, like punk rock. Were you in the band with uh, Rizzo? No, I never actually got in the band. I've toured with them a few times. Mm-hmm. Like um, they, I think when I was in Crowbar, we opened for them for about a month. Uh, but yeah, I know Mark from doing the tryout, and then we just kind of kept in touch and then toured that one tour together. 
I've heard good things about Mark. I heard he was a good dude. Yeah, he's cool. That dude's funny. Yeah, yeah. New Jersey represent right there, bro. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, <coughs> so you got fucking um, uh, what, 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 what bands? You got your girlfriend's in Convalescence. Who's what is that? Who's the Convalescence? Con- the Convalescence, right? Yeah. Black metal. Yeah, she's actually playing. Uh, yeah, it's like deathcore, symphonic deathcore, because she adds the keyboards. They're playing um, next weekend at the Earth Day Birthday Fest in Orlando. I think Godsmack's headlining it, Black Veil Bride. So it's like a mixture of bands. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they're playing there. And then uh, they're actually going on tour shortly after that. I think it's a U.S. run. Nice. Fucking A, yeah, we're, we're, uh, We have something in the works, too. It's, it's more like a doom black metal-ish type stuff. We're just trying to combine different elements, like darker kind of sounding. Cool. So we'll see how it goes. I also do the, the travel bonds thing too. So it's there's a lot of a lot of music stuff on the table with not a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you you played with trauma bonds a couple times live, right? Yeah, I did two shows with them. We have another one coming up in May. I think May twenty first in Orlando. Uh, Adam's other band, Endorphin, they're headlining, and then trauma bonds. Adam Adams used to be in Propane and Crumb Suckers. Yeah. So. He's the other guitar player opposite side, which is crazy because he's probably one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. And then there's me trying to play a seven string when I'm used to bass. So <laughs> Yo, it's pra- fun though. Practice, 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 man. That's all it is. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Hell yeah, man. What uh, so uh what's it like playing with fucking F Sal from Crisis? F Sal's a fucking sweetheart, man. Uh, you know, since we've been going down to Florida. You know, he opened up the bar down there, and I didn't know him before that. Of course, I knew Crisis before that, but I didn't know Absal before that. And uh, I've gotten really friendly with him, and him and Jeff are really close friends. And um, he's like a legendary dude, though, man. Like his yeah. his fucking his guitar stuff is great. Uh, the new stuff you guys are writing is really fucking good. That Masters Ashes is really fucking good. Nice. Um, so how is it? Uh, how's it working with Absal? He's a fucking great dude. It's awesome to play with him. Like last night, I was saying, like even. He showed me the riffs, and then he, him and Fred kind of made the skeleton of it, and then when me and Katie came up, he said it's more we're adding, like, the meat on it. So he wants to compose it with everybody where it's not, like, one person's band. Everybody's going to have an input. Yeah. But he'll write the song. Because when Fred comes down, I'm working a lot, so I can't go up to Lutz to rehearse a lot. So they just do that. They record. They send it to us. And, like, last night we went up there. Um, had dinner with them, and then we went into his upstairs room and started playing some music, trying to learn the two new songs because we want to do five songs instead of three. Like last time you were at the show, it was only three. Yeah, yeah, it was just short five. Uh, yeah, it was too short, man. I was fucking. But what's as good as I actually like that when I go see bands and it's like a fucking short and set and you Jones. Yeah, you want more. Yeah, we're uh, we're still looking for like a vocalist. We know one guy that would fit the bill. <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny, man? I have because Afzal has asked me to sing on, on on it, and I'm like, I'm yeah. really. First of all, I'm really intimidated by you and fucking playing with Afzal, <laughs> but I'm like, you know, try and I have been listening to it to try and find some time, dude. And I'm gonna try and find some time, honestly, in the next two weeks and try and put something over the top of it and see if I'm happy right, with it. Yeah, I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm no, not, no intimidation. Uh, Azal is awesome to work with. Like, I'm not used to someone wanting. To hear my input or even just change the song in the middle yeah and then they can get excited about it because they thought it added more layers or more different you know different sound to it 
Yeah, fuck and that. Even with Katie, with her keyboard, she was doing different, like a lot of organ sounds or creepier parts to it. Yeah. And it's it's all open. Anybody has ideas, put it on the table and whatever whatever works for use. Like, yeah, dude, like, I'm honestly like fucking, uh, I've been so fucking busy lately, but I'm hoping over the next week or so I can actually yeah, sit that'd be cool. and, and, and try and lay something over it. And if I'm actually like okay with it, then I will I will send it down, but I'm not going right. to embarrass myself. I'm sure fucking, uh, whatever, man, I'm not going to embarrass myself. <laughs> uh, the embarrassment goes away. It's, look at me with the hammer smash face. Uh, you pulled it off, though, you, man. You pulled it off. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys have a show what at Lucky's coming up? Yeah, we're playing on Saturday night. We're actually playing this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, this Saturday we're playing. Should be pretty good, man. I haven't played out in a little while, so it'll it'll be good. To get back into it. That'd be cool. Yeah, we're still trying to get up there. At yeah, some man. point in the summer. Yeah, you totally got to come up and visit, and we'll fucking rage. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, you got any questions for this guy? And we'll fucking uh... Just by listening to the story, man, this, this means I still got a chance, right? What? <laughs> dude, it's, it's the life I want to live. Dude, you're young, yeah. man. How would you say 27? No, oh, 29. 29. It doesn't matter. You're still in your fucking no, 20s. I didn't, I didn't start touring full time till I was, let's see, 32. Yeah, I believe you on that. Like, I was telling uh, I was telling you last time, Jeff, a couple of years ago, you would never, first of all, people don't even believe I'm a guitarist. That's number one. <laughs> I was working at a, I worked in a hospital. You know, I was the only one with headphones on, wearing all black, blasting some metal in my ears. I didn't even have time to play music yeah. as much as I do now. Fast forward, the whole world fell apart. Now I'm closer to my dream than I've ever been. Yeah, dude. And then it's, it's just, you know, and honestly, I, being at Lucky 13 and stuff like that, you're just going to meet more people. That's how, I mean, I didn't start Eyes of the Sun till I was, you know, in my early 30s. You know what I mean? Because I was just like not meeting the right people. But, dude, you're surrounded by it constantly. Here, one minute you're going to meet a fucking drummer, you're going to meet a bass player, and you're gonna, everything's going to kind of come together. It'll right. happen, man. Be right. patient. Yeah, it definitely. It's I'm 41 now, and I'm still trying to kind of start all over again with putting new bands together. Because one of my goals is to get back on tour with something that I had created, even if it's with Azal and Katie, like everybody and Fred have their own. Everybody has a part in it. It would be like going on on a tour, or playing some festivals. That is kind of like I say my own thing because there's four of us. But it's not like a hired gun kind of thing. One of my goals is to go back to Europe, play shows, kind of like on our own terms, I guess is a better way of saying it. Yeah. Like we can pick what we want to do. Um, a Master's Ashes is going to be pretty selective because, you know, as all owns the bar, yeah. uh, Fred's up in New York. He's a realtor. Um, we have the full-time jobs here, but we're also doing another project and trying to get that going too. And honestly, that's what me intimidated me last the one the last time I was down there last, last month or whatever. And yeah, I spoke, when you said no pressure, yeah. And I spoke to Absal, and he's like, "Dude, I can't get out much either. This isn't going to be like a fucking full time thing. There's no pressure." So I've just yeah. honestly have had not even had him. I've been listening to it in my car. I just haven't <laughs> had a minute to really fuck. Yeah, no, we know how that is too. Like last night was cool. I even told us all. It's like I need we need to get more time to actually come up because monday is the only day that him and his wife have off in the bar because they rotate right who works at the bar and um i actually got out of work early enough um had to go to the ford dealership because katie's car they kind of messed up with something so we had to go there that's like 40 minutes away but we were able to get up to his house at about six o'clock hang out with them for dinner and then practice so it's kind of like reminding us that we need to even if it wasn't just music hang out with people more like yeah. hang out with our friends again just get away from the routine of the nine to five or nine to six or seven whatever it is yeah and that's what's uh, you know it's funny like like once like no matter what 
um, Jamal, like you, like it, once you get it in your blood too, like, listen, I'm almost 50 years old. You know what I mean? I can't stop doing it. I'm still playing, doing shit. I'm not looking to, you know, I know it's whatever happens, happens, but it's not like, you know, I'm not dependent on it. It's just, you do it because you love doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, right. And, and there's been times even uh, like a month ago, get frustrated that like I'm, I have, have an idea in my head and then I get frustrated sometimes and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I spent so much time doing it. I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. And the next day I was like, man, I got to go on tour. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll say it, but it's like, when you think about it, it's like, nah, this is what I've been doing since I was, I think I picked up the guitar 14 years old, 13 years old, switched to bass at 14. Took me a long time to go on my first tour, but the first tour was actually that one right there, the ministry one. So that was uh, kind of my my break into the, not breaking, like I made it some huge successful thing, but that was my welcoming into touring was opening for ministry, which was crazy. But Yeah, which is a pretty fucking awesome first tour to get Yeah, on. it was awesome, yeah. Yeah. Was that, was that the, was that the, that was the tour with the, when Uncle Al was uh, retiring or? Yeah, that's when they, uh, they stopped for a while. It was the 2008 CUA tour. They did uh, the U.S. with, I think, Burton from Fear Factory mm-hmm. was playing with them. And then when they went to Europe, it was just ministry. What album was it? Was it the Sphinx? No, was it, was it, oh, I forget. Oh, is that what it was? See you later tour? Yeah, see you late tour. And did you do, uh, did you play, did you go, this, you didn't do the States with them also, too? No, just uh, Europe. Like, they, I think they had a five-week tour. No, we did four weeks with them, and then we did a week on our own with my Uncle the Wolf for, like, a Stone from the Underground Fest. Nice. Because that was a big, like, uh, Stone Rock, Sludge Doom kind of thing going on over there. Yeah. Smaller fest, but it was awesome. It was fun. Nice. My Uncle the Wolf was a fucking great band also. Yeah, I, I have to text Zach. I haven't talked to him in a little bit, probably a month or two ago. He's out west right now. I think he's in. Um, I think he's in Portland still. Cool. Yeah. Cool man. Well, dude, I have to fucking take a piss because I was <laughs> drinking fucking uh, these fucking coquito things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll start kind of winding it up. But uh, but Jeff, man, thank you so much for fucking coming on. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad today was a shorter work day too that I was able to actually get get my stuff done before four thirty and. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. And I know I've been watching you guys do this since I was hanging out in the garage at the other house during the shutdown. You know, just, well, I think it's when you guys first started it. Yeah, we started in kind of, I think we started it in 2016, which is crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, we started in 2016 and then we kind of taken a break for the past year or so. Yeah. Uh, but now trying to get it back up and going and shit. So, uh, but yeah, yeah man. Cool. But yeah, dude, I really appreciate you coming, man. It's been fun. You got to come up and fucking visit, and maybe we yeah, can we're just... definitely gonna come up, even if it's for like a Friday night to a Sunday night. Yeah, dude, totally. You got yeah, a yeah. you got a place to crash here, man. We'll have a fucking good time and get drunk and stupid. All right, <laughs> awesome. The, the usual New York trip. Fuck yes. Awesome. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming on, man. And uh, no problem. Thank you. I will talk to you soon, brother. All right. All right, man. Later. Later, bro. All right. All right, guys. Um, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed Jeff and uh, let Jamal. We'll talk to you next week. D, next week. All right. We'll get All Frankie right. back some fucking news. All right. Later, brothers. Peace out, motherfuckers. Later. Like and subscribe, bitches. Yeah. But to own it and hope that this time it won't last long
ditches Now I can't deny more ditches And the fire's always up for me Now I'm 